Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck finishes up his message, which is titled Praying and Obeying Church. This message is a part of our Bear Witness series that we're working through right now. The text for this message is Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Acts chapter 1 right now, and we'll join in with Pastor Chuck. Let me bring you uh, into this next one. Let me bring you into this next one. The last point of going deeper, because it says, I need you to understand that this great commission flows out of the great commandment because love is to be the driving force for this. And not any old kind of love, it's the love that Christ has richly poured into us that he wants to flow out of us. He wants his love to consistently minister to us so it can minister through us. Listen to Matthew chapter 22, verse 30 says, 36 says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Every fiber of our being should be loving the Lord. This, he says, he being Jesus says, is the great and first commandment. And then verse 39, Jesus continue on and says this, and a second is like unto the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40, on these two commands depend all the law and the prophets. And that's why you hear me say, Rebuild Family, that we are a love movement. We're a love movement. And that we are love people, loving people. Love is what this faith of ours is rooted and sourced from and that empowers us to continue to multiply here in the earth. It's his love, not our love, that agape love, that sacrificial, benevolent, ever pursuing, uh, 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 all sufficient love that comes from God the Father that gave his only begotten son to live the life that we had no ability to live and to die the die, die the death that we should have died. But Jesus loved us. He said, Father, I'll take on the full wrath. I'll take on the full punishment. I'll pay that sin debt in full because I want to gift to them everlasting life. I want to transfer them from the dominion of darkness into my marvelous light because I love them like that. You are loved by God. Theophilus is here watching and listening today. You are loved by God. Here's the last uh, observation as we're walking through here, as we're taking this faith walk through these first verses, verses uh, 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 9 through 11. Here's what I want to give you. He will return. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. Verse 11, and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go. I remember there was a time at either football practice or basketball practice. Uh, there was a certain way that we and uh, most of my teammates would conduct ourselves when coach was looking and when coach was not looking. There was a certain way we would practice and conduct ourselves when church, when coach was literally present and when coach was not present. There was a way that we would even conduct ourselves when coach, when we see coach walking down the halls between classes or something like that while during school hours or when he wasn't around during those school hours. And in like manner, it's the same way for us. 
Like there's a way that we conduct ourselves. Many of you probably doing on the job. Uh, some of you might be doing as you work from home. Or there's a certain way that you work in the office versus outside of the office. And while you're in the office, there's a certain way you work when your superior comes around. Maybe you're a director or a manager or a team lead, or maybe you're that when you come around. There's a certain way that you conduct yourself. But here's why I want to say that. I want us to conduct ourselves the same way privately as we would do publicly if we felt somebody was looking. And in church, when we come inside the walls of these church, we can put on masks and we can conduct ourselves in a way that may communicate to the world that we're blessed and highly favored or that we're living the righteous life. But privately, we're doing something that's very different. We become slack. We become complacent. We begin to put this life on cruise control, this walk on cruise control. And I believe the Lord is calling us to know, no. That's not how I want you to conduct yourself. The effort and the intentionality that you will put forth publicly, I want you to do the same privately because your private ministry is going to show itself publicly. What you do in private, it will show up publicly. What you do in the dark, it will come to the light. And the Lord is saying, hey, I want you to be a disciple at all times and in all areas of your life, in the home, at the workplace, on vacation, in the stores, wherever you go, I want you to be a witness of me. A witness of me in your marriage, a witness of me in your parenting, um, a witness of me in your unmarried nature, whatever the case may be, as a college student, as a high school student, as a parent, as a teacher, as a business owner, as a not business owner, whatever role that you hold, the Lord wants us to be a witness for him and a witness that is effective and being consistent. And why is that important? Because we have a gospel that is too powerful and we have a mission too urgent to let any lesser thing distract us. We gotta get the gospel out. We got to get the gospel into the hearts and minds of the people that are around us because my brothers and sisters, if you just click on the news at any part of your day, you will see why this gospel is needed to be preached and why the mission is urgent because the Lord is coming back and he said when I come back will I find faith will I find faith will I find the ones who have trusted me uh, and, and continue to keep my commands because I don't want him to say to any of us I never knew you, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. You were too focused on building the kingdom of Mises and not the kingdom of Jesus. And my brothers and sisters, I do not want that for us. And the book of Acts is going to help us to understand this a bit more. And now we come to the last three verses. I mean, the first three verses that we shared to give us these last three uh, uh, um, things that I want to share with us as it relates to how us being witnesses for the Lord is going to have an impact on our community and those around us. Let me say, read them real quick, verses 12 through 14. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. You can circle those, highlight those, and you can point an arrow or just simply write obeying. They were obeying. 
these verses communicated obeying. And watch this in verse 14. And all these with one accord, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. They were all together and they were devoting. Your Bible says devoting, I-N-G. And whenever you see that, what was written in the language, in the original language of Greek, it meant that this was continuous action. The Bible says rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. I'm going to show you that in a second. I kind of said that a little bit too early, but there it is. We are to always be praying without ceasing, to pray without ceasing. And they were devoting themselves to prayer. And you know that it's something that is very important for here for us at Rebuild. One of our core values as it relates to that is that prayer should be our steering wheel, not our spare tire. It should be what we do. We're more proactive in praying than reactive. And so here's what I want to do. I want to give us uh, some, some three quick hitters, if you will, about if we are a praying and an obeying church, the blessedness that will come to the community around us, whether that's immediate impact within your home, as, you, as the scripture says, out in uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the very ends of the world, what will happen in our community when we do it this way? Here's the first thing. One, it's going to release hope. When we're praying in an obeying church, it's going to release hope in our community. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, according to Romans 12, verse 12. And you've heard me through our morning glory prayer meeting in last year, the early part of last year, we learned about hope. We looked for a whole month, we began to look at hope from the biblical perspective. And we learned that the definition for hope that we formed for ourselves was hope is the confident expectations and the promises of God that is rooted and sourced from the love and strength of God. Let me say that again. Hope. Biblical hope is the confident expectations and the promises of God that is rooted and sourced from the love and strength of God. So when we are praying and obeying church within our community, in our workplaces, in our families, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our health, wherever it is, it's going to release hope. Here's the second thing that I want us to see from that. It's going to release healing. Second Chronicles chapter 7. A pillar passage of this church, pick me up in verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Verse 15, I love these last two verses. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. This is something that I have consecrated and I've asked the Lord to allow to be a, a, a distinct marker of Rebuild Fellowship. And then verse 16 says, for now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. So my brothers and sisters, when we're on one accord, we're on one accord. How do we be on one accord? When we study the Bible together, when we intake the word together, whether that's individually, but then we also bring it in together as a family and we study the word together. When we're devoting ourselves to serving together, when we're devoting ourselves to singing his praises, spiritual songs and hymns together, 
together, when we are actively giving together, when we are being living sacrifices together on one accord with the Holy Scriptures, what's happening and devoting ourselves to prayer, this is what the Lord said could be true of us. And this is what I pray for, that the Lord name would be here forever. And every time you set foot on 600 East Umstead and you come in this sanctuary, the Lord, I believe, has consecrated this house, that the prayers that are made in this place would have a significant impact, a positive impact in Durham, in Cary, in Raleigh, in Apex, and to the ends of the world, because the Lord resides here forever, and his eyes are open, and his ears are attentive to this exact place. Do you believe it with me? Do you have faith with me in Jesus' name? Here's the last thing I want to show this to you. As we're being a praying and an obeying church, the benefit or the blessedness that will happen within our community. It'll release wholeness. That wholeness we have seen and talked about from Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47. We've seen that wholeness take place there. Here's the beauty of that. Everybody had all things in common, and the apostles, they were being generous. They were bringing so much stuff. They were laying it at the apostles' feet, and they had the wisdom and the knowledge to be able to distribute to all who was in need. Everybody was taken care of in the community. And watch what happened after that. It said the Lord was adding to the church daily those that were being saved. Hey, here's a prescription and a description of what I have offered up to the Lord. And I have asked him to be gracious and merciful to allow us to do and be. To be the church that we see in those six scriptures, six verses of Acts chapter 2. To be a church that is devoting themselves to the apostle teaching, that we're praying together, we're going to the temple together, we're eating together, we're fellowship together, we're praying together, we're being generous together, we're caring for the needs of those in our community together, and this is what the Lord said would happen. The Lord said, hey, this is my king, this is where my kingdom dwells, and I'm bringing in more citizens. I know they're going to be loved. I know they're going to be careful. I know they have my heart. I know they have my eyes. I know they, they have my head. They have my mind. They're enacting my will. And I'm going to add to that place. Will you believe? Because that's my heart's focus. That's what I want for us. I want this to be a place with those outside. And I told you what our kingdom mission is, that our efforts, our kingdom go here, rebuild, that by the year 2030, that what we have done to advance the kingdom of God, to be witnesses of him here in the triangle area, that 3,500 people would get saved. 3,500 by the year 2030. And that can be accomplished. We got to be on one accord. We got to be praying together. We got to be obedient and we got to be praying together. So the question now remains, will we be a true witness? Will we be a church that is a true witness for the Lord Jesus Christ that is rooted and abiding in his teachings and his spirit? This is the mission. This is the message, and the Lord has given us himself to be able to do it. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services 
on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck begins the next message in his Bear Witness series. Thank you.